Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 24 of Journey Through Grill Island. I'm your host, Sig, being joined by... Emma. Sarah. And Barry. And today we will be talking about Jason Takes PWG, which took place on the 13th of May, Friday the 13th, um, in the Los Feliz Jewish Community Centre, and was attended by 275 people. I don't really know when PWG run is. Is it usually Friday? Friday is an odd one. I don't think I. I. I, yeah. I won't say I've been looking it up for each episode to see what the date was, but I know. Um, most it was all. It's almost always, including right up to this day, it's typically a Saturday, unless they're doing a bolo weekend or something like that, where it's Friday through Sunday. But yeah, do you think they? Do you think they saw the date and they're just like, well, we can't let that pass up. We have to do a Friday the thirteenth show. Yeah, that has to be it. Love a gimmick. That's it, yeah, because I I didn't really get the name until they said that on commentary. Like I knew it was Jason, but is Jason takes? Well, yeah. So like what, what, until they literally said it on commentary that it was that the show was on Friday. The 13th, I assume yeah. So Jason takes is it Manhattan is like the seventh yeah. film or yeah Manhattan is yeah. it? That's Muppets take Manhattan. Oh no, <laughs> yeah, it is. No, Jason took something, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> the Muppets took it back. <laughs> yeah, no, it was there. There is a there is a, a Jason takes blank film. The the specific district is uh, is is escaping me, but it they, it is. But again, being PWG being what it is, I assumed it was just, okay. One of them's a horror movie guy who just thought that'd be a clever name. But yeah, I mean, they were kind of. A, it is Manhattan. Manhattan. Sorry, yes, yeah, that's right. Friday the Thirteenth Part. Eight? Wow, eight. I was close as well. I was one off on the number. The PWG were really ahead of the curve. I mean, if they, I mean, if ever there was a, a a WrestleMania weekend where the Friday fell on the thirteenth, there would definitely be six promotions doing what I'm sure would be hilarious shows set on Friday the thirteenth. Um, walk under a ladder match, things like that. It'd be so funny. Uh, PWG really ahead of the curve on that, but we'll leave that. He, sorry, Jason Voorhees gets on a cruise ship to Manhattan. And begins a bloodbath. Yeah, see, that's why I thought it could be like a that that I could totally believe it would be an Excalibur. Favorite. That's a really they leaned into the cheese irony. Friday the Thirteenth, like he walks into Times Square and does a bunch of extremely comedic murdering. You know, so that's kind of a culty favorite one. So I think it's it's very timely that also we're doing this show as we record this uh, WrestleMania weekend has just finished, where PWG was on. The mouths of a lot of people's lips because of four men, all of them feature here on this show. Um, and our first match kicks off with one of them as El Generico faces Human Tornado. I thought you were going to say Jey Uso. In his, his little <laughs> talked about PWG run in 2005. Yeah. <laughs> He's paid his dues. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did you see that meme just very quickly where it's Willem Dafoe and... <laughs> As Cody, oh, and he yeah. is, I'm somewhat of an indie darling myself. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, who's the fourth person? So, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens wore PWG and Super Dragon yeah. logos on their shorts, and then Excalibur was putting the indie Hall um, of Fame. Okay, thank that's, you. That's three going with those four. Super Dragon. Oh, but Super Dragon wasn't yeah. that. But he, he was a little—he was a little logo on some shorts. He was not an actual. But, uh, in, the, in their press <laughs> yeah. conference, they did—they directly uh, referenced him. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations to Excalibur, by the way. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a good class they had this year. I didn't, I didn't actually watch that that Hall of Fame, but I heard it was quite good. The class was was really good. Paul London went in as well. Um, yeah, yeah. I think probably most of them, if not all of them, have been through. Has Michael Modest ever been? Oh, he must have. I can't say for certain, but I, I like that sounds like a, a weird one-off they would have had at some stage, you know. Um, yeah, or even that that Battle Royal they do in a few yes, years. Yeah, at the convention. We'll keep an eye out. Mm. Don't think they ever booked cheerleader Melissa though. I don't think so. But uh, no, she's yeah. a woman. No, <laughs> that was my guess. Not, not even in the in the showcase matches that they did every now and then. No, no. I'll, I'll, no. You you never know. We may we, again. We we may be surprised. We've been surprised by a few faces that have popped up. But I I'll I'll, I'll put a fiver on that not cropping up. I'll say there won't be a cheerleader <laughs> Melissa cameo, unfortunately. Speaking of Excalibur, though, he's not on commentary. He's not on commentary. He is MIA. So Disco has drafted in um, a worthy replacement as Taro is back on the call. Yes. How, how long has it been? At least a year. I feel like he's joined them once. Well, all three of them a bit more recently than that. Hmm. I think it's been a while, or maybe it's been a while for us. <laughs> it's definitely been a while for us. Yeah. It's been three shows. Oh dear, no, yeah, not not a lot of um, hilarious bits uh, about where Excalibur is. Which, if he was there and someone else was missing, you know, he'd have some 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 uh, cracking fake stories about where they were. But no, they 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 kind of just left it be. But do you not think it's? For storyline, oh, reasons. I don't think so at all. No, I. Oh, I no do. way. Yeah, I no, I don't think they care enough. I don't think they care enough. Oh no, I think they do. Hang on, they've had they've had Excalibur and Disco sitting next to each other doing commentary over them beefing with each other. But now it seems like they're taking storylines a bit seriously. A bit. I I think so too. I I think we're jumping ahead. We'll get into okay. This. There's much to discuss. When the time comes. But first, we have a pose down between Human Tornado and El Generico, which was, I thought it was going to be a dance-off. I thought that's more their speed. Um, but no, they had a Savage Hogan type of pose down. <laughs> yeah, Taro and Disco were, were making sure they could, they were trying to, to put a label on each of the poses because they were evoking classic wrestling uh, uh, figures, which was a nice touch. We also find find out a bit of backstory about Human Tornado, that he is a former B-movie porn star. I dread to think of what a porn B-movie is. <laughs> yeah. But uh, apparently, yeah, Human Tornado was a star of them. And was that, he was accompanied to the ring by a woman called Soraya. Well, mm. that's Soraya. Um, was, was the implication that she recorded with him well no because they also said that she was a mensa student so i don't think i don't think she would whoa 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 what's what's your point there (laughs) yeah i don't get my point is that the the stuffed shirts at mensa are very exclusionary that's not my words that's them okay no they're not listen mrs brown's boys guy is in mensa who mrs brown's boys brendan o'carroll he's in mensa well there you go they're an organization not to be trusted and that wait you know, what <laughs> how are they not to be trusted you're you're going back on yourself here no i'm i'm saying that they would exclude this young actress and i'm saying that they're not to be trusted because they let in fucking mrs brown's boys i think mrs brown's boys is a lot more lewd than any well, this is my point i'm, I'm being a 
anti Mensa. How are we getting to this already? But but you're okay. Anyway, uh, I think you're, you're drowning. I here. would never drown. Look, all I know is El Generico was very aroused. <laughs> he was. He likes a brain box. He's he's not into he's into brains. What did you say the the girl's name was? Soraya. Okay, I because I, I rewinded a couple of times and again just typical kind of audio mixing. I could not make out what it was, but okay, fair enough. Disco couldn't say her name, okay. so just tried a few times, a few different pronunciations, but it was spelled S A or I E H A. There isn't much about her online. She doesn't have a cage match. <laughs> yeah, but does she have a Mensa profile? I didn't check. Uh, we also don't know if that's her shoot name. As we know, the stuffed shirts at Mensa. <laughs> so she might have to use a worker yeah. name. Yeah, maybe her do name's we, Paige. Do we think, so, like, do we think this was a wrestler? No. No, it was a valet no. slash, um, I think, backstage interviewer. I found her describe okay. herself as somewhere. Okay, interesting. Look, it was a woman, okay? Good to have representation <laughs> so, on the show. Yeah. Yep. With two women, and one of them got to speak. And is in a position of power. Yeah, we so. actually had two women on the show, yeah. so yes. we're flying. Here's a, a new recurring feature. Does this show pass the Beckdale test? No. It's a no this time, but it came close. You know? <laughs> <laughs> So we've been pretty distracted talking about this match. We haven't said a thing yet. But uh, <laughs> so were Taro and Disco as they were watching the NBA Western Conference Finals at the same time. Their professionalism on commentary makes me feel better about how we review these shows, to be quite honest. Absolutely. It's, it's a give and take. Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought this was a fun enough opener. Really fun. I mean, Tornado had that insane dive to the outside. Like, the air time that he got in it was just absolutely incredible. Yeah, that, that's one of the more, I think, I think I've seen that Tornado clip, like, a lot. Because it's the one where he, he does the dive, and then his momentum carries him into the wall, basically. And he kind of face plants into the gym wall, um, uh, which, is, which is crazy. Um, he also, this, he did that dive immediately after doing a, a Monty Brown pounce. Which is funny because I feel like people would still get a pop today doing a Monty Brown uh, uh, pounce, um, but he was he was extremely topical when he was doing it because this was right in the midst of uh, pounce mania. And God bless Generico, he went flying first. He did great. And listen, Generico was was bumping like a madman because he also took a, a comical bump for the pimp slap uh, uh, at one stage where he, he flipped and and jumped into the corner and did all that crazy stuff, which was great. Yeah, they were sort of perfect foils for each other in in regards to, I guess, comedy spots. It wasn't like outright <laughs> buffoonery, but there was a bit of clowning going on. for an on. opener, do you know what I mean? To get you into the show. Yeah, definitely. Um, Soraya does involve herself in the match at one point, getting up on the apron. <laughs> when Generico sees her, his knees go weak. <laughs> In like a classic, <laughs> he's really shaking his knees, and it's just so funny. His over-the-top stuff is just hilarious. The way he's able to emote in the mask, he's just brilliant. 
uh, Soraya then, or Tornado then uses this distraction to uh, get the advantage over Elgin Erico and gets him in the corner where Soraya hits a Bronco Buster on him and Generico holds on and won't let her get up. Um, but eventually, uh, Tornado drags her off, um, which buys Generico enough time to hit the Brain Buster very quickly and win the match. So yeah, fi- fine little opener. Good stuff. Some action, some comedy. It was good. Our mm. second match of the evening is Ricky Reyes against the returning Nosawa. So originally this is meant to be Puma against Ricky Reyes in a submissions match, but I guess New Japan yeah. pulled him. They just seemed to say, oh, he gets yeah. lots of bookings now. Fair play to him. Yeah, it's funny then that he's replaced with really indie scum Nozawa. Complete and like opposite of what Puma was back then. They did say we wish him well, which makes me think that's the last we're going to see of Puma for a while. Mm. Yeah, yeah, very possible. One of his five times in PWG has come to a close, it seems. Uh, but will Panoy Boy be be returning anytime soon? That is that, that name just returned to me. I haven't thought I haven't thought about that in probably a year at this stage. But who knows? Panoy Boy, good lord. Who knows? We might see a TJ Perkins in the future or a TJP in the future. Just plenty of names we could see. Have we seen him just... We have seen him as just TJP, haven't we? Or have we not? We have. Okay. No, I think we have once and it was never explained. And there was the match that he started as Puma and ripped his mask off halfway through and they just kind of just kept going. Yeah. Okay, That's we've really right, run yeah. the gamut with yeah, this guy he's already. Yeah, had a roller coaster journey in the time in PWG, with so many directions: Very being odd. the opener, being on a winning streak, not getting you know title shots. I mean, when New Japan comes calling, I'd go running too. Yeah. <laughs> and then they had the dojo, dojo feud thing they were going to do feud with him and Joe that never like they were going to be a team and stuff. Yeah, he's. He's like the big show. He's turned so many times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I would have no idea if they, like, so it was supposed to be him versus Reyes. Gun to my head, who's supposed to be the heel in that match? I have no clue. I, I assume Puma, but I, I, I have no clue. Yeah, and I don't even know where There was from, a continuation but... from All-Star Weekend. I okay. don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> We're good. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nosawa is like the Japanese indie version of all the American indie wrestlers, um, which Disco points out because he does Shining Wizards. Yeah. Uh, he says every indie wrestler in Japan like does the Shining Wizard. It's like, I guess, what the Canadian Destroyer is now. Um, and I think... Most Americans did Shining Wizards at that stage yeah. as well. Yeah. But even like he did the Shining Wizard and it's so funny. He even straight up did the Muto pose afterwards, which is, of course, very funny in a, in a 2023 context. Um, but yeah, 
Uh, I suppose their their equivalent of every indie show having a rock bottom, you know, yeah. <laughs> at, at, at like a couple of years previous in in the US and Europe. Yeah, like I assume if you go further back, everyone did a stunner or whatever. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Like everyone does a cutter now or whatever. I think in the eighties, all the indie, all the high school <laughs> gyms were like leg drops, or or yeah. get, getting the fattest lad in the roster to be scoop slammed. <laughs> There was a very weird moment here that, that seems to always happen in the Nassau matches that there's a little breakdown in communications of what the rules are meant to be where he stomps Reyes in the dick then holds his own dick and falls over and the ref is watching all of this and I have no idea what he was meant to be doing but um Disco covered for him because there is a new ref as Patrick Hernandez has gone on personal leave. So they have a new ref in. So maybe he wasn't as up on the rules as he should have been. It's, it seemed to me like a very last minute match because obviously the original was supposed to be a submissions match. And then commentary didn't know if this was still going to be a submission match or if this was just going to be a match. And I don't think Nassau knew either, because at one stage he just started taking requests for different submissions that he should do, like it was karaoke or something. It was just like, what do you want me to do next? <laughs> and they were just shit. What a worker. What a showman. Um, at one stage, Tara or Nassau hits Ricky Reyes with a Michinoka driver, which apparently... Masao used to beat Taro once upon a time and Taro was very yeah. pissed off that Ricky <laughs> Reyes kicked out of it. Even in retirement, you got to protect yourself. He doesn't want to be disrespected, you know, in his own his home turf. They were also, um, just because the, there has to be a sidebar regardless of who is on commentary, they they also started discussing who came, who, who came up with the Northern Lights suplex or who popularized mm. it, which was funny. It's just su- it's such a PWG commentary thing. Uh, uh, to to talk about it, and it's just like it just goes to show as well. Also, that they, these these are not just just indie wrestling people; these are nerds. These are nerds because they were they were very fairly confident it was Hiroshi Hase, uh, which I don't actually know if that's the correct answer, but they they seem very confident in that. It's Alicia Fox. <laughs> oh, pardon me. Yeah, I'm going to write Taro right now and say, sir, <laughs> correction, please. Next time you're on PWG commentary, please <laughs> issue a correction. They even said this during this match is like this is why they need Excalibur there because he just know all this stuff. Yeah. So for reasons that nobody understood, Nassau started doing "You Can't See Me." Yes. <laughs> so good. I mean, this man really was in his indie mindset, and fair yeah. play to him. Like he's, you'd have expected him to be showing up in Butlins, like dressed as John Cena. <laughs> what? What year are we in? Oh five, two thousand five. So John Cena. That's five. So it'd be very, very, very early. Cena would be very fresh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just love it. It's just like yeah. Just, after after this, he's a booking as fake Kane, you know, in uh, in 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 uh, Cork. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he was going around telling people he's the great Musa. <laughs> yeah. oh, please, that would be so funny. 
Um, so Reyes eventually takes this match, uh, tapping Nosawa out with a dragon sleeper, which just came out of nowhere as a great, we're done now, time's up. That's it, yeah. Fair play I was glad it. that it was over, to be honest. Like, it was fun for, like, the hijinks in it, but it wasn't, you know, we just knew it wasn't going anywhere. No, no, it wasn't a good match at all. Just Nosawa's antics. One thing, though, that I read over the weekend, which I thought was just interesting and just a fun-to-know fact, I read that Rey Mysterio's gear maker was complicit in the Nozawa Yoshirai drug planting. And I saw someone being like, I think it was Bix, probably, being like, do people know that, like, this man was complicit in basically nearly trying to end Io Shirai's career. <laughs> Sorry, that is the most Bix tweet of yeah. all time. If you say that, I'm like, yeah, that was yeah. definitely Bix. <laughs> because, and it wasn't Io Shirai they were after. Like, it was no, Nasawa no. that yeah. they planted. Yeah. It. Yeah. <laughs> it was just collateral damage. So this... Okay, so Rey Mysterio hates Io Shirai. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's basically what I got from it. Okay, so. Wow. Yeah, just like what on, just doing that on the side from your main job, which is Rey Mysterio coming up, going, "Have you seen this film? Can you make this for me, please?" <laughs> Have you ever heard of the Joker? <laughs> I'm flat out making mask. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Oh god! Maybe that's why damage control got run out of town. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. God. There we are. Couldn't, the more you know. Can only have room in the territory for one, and he's in the Hall of Fame, you know. So that's very yeah. Oh yeah. dear. Anyway, <laughs> one thing about one thing about this match is that even though this match wasn't anything special, this is the match where I really noticed. First of all, this seems like a relatively packed house, and they seem way more into this like lower card, not that great grappling than they than the crowds typically have been. Do you know what I mean? We've talked a lot about the. The Puma Snoozer second match on the card that we've seen a couple of times that even if it's technically sound, that crowd just doesn't want any of it. It's like this match was nothing special, but I feel the crowd were kind of just up for the whole show. There was no there was no kind of they're losing interest. Even it's even Friday night this. crowd, baby. Yeah. Yeah. They're gone off that uh cider wine. <laughs> It's that, uh, but you know, when you finish work on a Friday and all you want to do is watch some shitty people holding <laughs> <and laughs> shitty beers, <laughs> do John uh, Cena moves. I've I've had a few drinks, but listen, I heard the great mood as wrestling down the road. Do you want to <laughs> go see him? So our third match is a triple threat tag team match um, as Ariel Express take on the Ballards and... Gunning for hookers, Hook Bombery, and Top Gun Tower. Um, Los Luchas were meant to be in this match, but they got stopped at Taco Bell Border Patrol. <laughs> Classic. Yeah, which I'm sure was hilarious to them at the time, but did not get it. Yeah, it's it's funny to be this far back in PWG history, and we're still just seeing Los Luchas missing shows. I mean, that is that to the point that it by by the time you get to like 2010, it's still happening, and it's like it's like a bit on commentary. I didn't realize it started this far back, but now it makes sense to me. That became a running joke. They're like, <laughs> I'm surprised they they still get they get booked because they get booked for years to come, but they 
they missed like half their bookings. I don't know what. Presumably, I, I I don't know what the actual reasoning would be. Travel issues or something like that. But yeah, I thought it was work. Yes. Oh, I, like I, re- like real job stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think okay. that has come up on a previous show that one of them couldn't get work off, and you know it's a Friday, so that's true. Yeah, yeah. It's hard out there. Couldn't get the half day. <laughs> was that the start of the match as well? That Taro spilled his his beer everywhere, <laughs> and that just makes me really realize, God, these guys really are just hammering the drinks in, watching the the NBA whilst watching this. They're just multitaskers. I think Taro spilled. Yeah, so. I feel like Taro spilled a drink before yeah. the last time he was on. He has. Yeah. He Several spilled times. a drink and lost the commentary on them. <laughs> so they had to re-record it in one of the very early shows. So yeah, he is just a menace. And even Disco says he found him in the bar to get him to come and do this. Now that could have been a bit, but... I think that's a bit. I choose not to believe that. No, no. No, <laughs> no these guys are real. Disco is still very concerned about where Excalibur is. <laughs> so Disco's whole bit during this whole show is so up and down of like, what's kayfabe, the timeline of it all, and where his relationship with Excalibur is at that moment. See, this is why I think that's not why Excalibur is a player, because I, I just don't think there's that much thought put into it, because he's all over the shop. I think Excalibur was probably just actually busy. I think he's put too much thought into it and he's confused himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought this was fine. Not, mm. not, not much, really. Yeah, but not much. I think Aerial Express really held it together with the other teams. Um, yeah. Any time it didn't involve them was rough. Commentary yeah. don't know the difference between the Ballard brothers, so they're just like us. That Same. Nice. So relatable. So it's just calling saying Ballard brother number one or number two. They have at least started matching their gear to their hockey jerseys at least. So they're all in on this gimmick. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> they're finally onto a winner. It's great. I mean yeah, no, Aerial Express, most together tag team in the match. But I will say, like, Top Gun is always a hoot and a half. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, bit, bit more subdued today, though, I thought. Mm-hmm. Too much too much going on for him to, to let it breathe and really get into his shtick. Yeah. I assume you, you guys presumably all saw Top Gun's Mania tweet, which is quite nice. No. no just that he, just he was there. <laughs> but like uh, but, you know I mean he, he was, he he was, was nice. on mania yeah, no yeah yeah that was yeah. Uh, no just that he was you know there to see the, the big moment on night one it was it was nice yeah you know, yeah I saw him with Scorpio at the Hall of Fame as well mm. which is cool yeah so my question to you seeing as this is just after being Wrestlemania weekend in LA Saw a bit of criticism that PWG didn't run. Do you think they should have? No. 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 Not in in, in 2023 when it's just... I think it's nice that PWG is still going, but it's so obviously just kind of run on autopilot a little bit right now. Um, Yeah. 
And I think they also, because they have, and we're years away from getting to this, but they did th- do those Wrestle Reunion weekends. Yeah. And Curse those shows reunions. were weird and not very good. And, you know, uh, maybe we're giving them too much credit. But I think Dragon especially wants to have a certain amount of quality on his shows. Do you know what I mean? I think the, half the reason it's still going is kind of just because they of their own individual love of it. And it's just kind of like, look, yeah, you could book speedball as he's racing from one venue to the other for one of his six matches on set. Do you know what I mean? Like you can get these guys who have a million bookings and yeah, I, I, I it's funny until you asked me that question. I didn't even really think about that. To be honest, I it never yeah, even really occurred to me. Neither, neither did I really until I, I saw someone complain about it. And like, I, I agree. Like there's no point watering down your product when you don't even do it live. So. That's the other thing. Yeah. They don't even do it live. Yeah. So exactly. Like, like there's so much content to be watched at WrestleMania weekend that doesn't like doesn't get even thought of a week later, and like kind of what Barry said, it's just gonna have all the same wrestlers that you can watch in any other show. Mm-hmm. So why would you pick PWG over it? Um, and I think like PWG, like it's it is that special once every two month thing, you know. They don't want to just be tied to WrestleMania weekend. I don't know. It's it would just be out of character for them. I think. Mm. I say like a lot of these companies is kind of like okay, there's people in town that I'd never get to use otherwise. But when PWG wants to book you, people fly in to work PWG. You know, they get people from Mexico and Europe and Japan all the time. So there's that that incentive's not there. But yeah, yeah. There's an interesting thing Scalber said in his Hall of Fame speech where he said a lot of guys would come in for the first time free. Yeah. 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 And. Maybe if they come back for a second, you pay us then. Um, I'm going to use this as a segue because we have a debutante in our next match as Kevin Steen takes on also quite a topical wrestler at this moment, Sexy Eddie. Is it topical? Yes, Yes. because he did his no-pants moonsault about two weeks ago and people were losing their shit about it going... It was on a GCW show, by the way, with death matches and, and all that. And saying, what if my kids saw that? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, like, Eddie. I, <laughs> I brought my kid to GCW's latest event. I put a blunt up my arsehole. And you won't believe what I saw. <laughs> a gentleman got his buttocks out in the match with Bossy. And, and uh, in between the... Uh, 500 fire extinguishers and petrol can match and i just i mean little little todrick just i mean he's just never going to be the same i was trying to think of a stupid american name i can't believe he's still doing it like i haven't heard his name recently until this happened i i I don't know how frequently he's working but they they got him they got him over um i don't know yeah how frequently i I think he's done a few cluster fucks okay so oh, he definitely has. You're right, actually. Yeah. Sexy Eddie. <laughs> Sorry? Fair play to him. I can't believe he's still called Sexy Eddie. Yeah. Play to him. He's like, if if Michaels can still be the heartbreak kid, I'm, yeah. I can still be Sexy Eddie. With the three X's. Yeah. yeah. The triple X Sex Express. <laughs> exactly. Um, he is not as popular here as he is in GCW, <laughs> as no. Steen is absolutely beloved by the crowd. Like, well, it's been four shows and they've really, really gotten behind him like straight away. I'm really annoyed though at the start because Steen was on the mic, but because 
Disco and Tara would not shut up talking. I'm like, we don't even know what Kevin said. Mm. No idea. I'm sure it was great, though. Uh, it was definitely good. You know, it was definitely good. And again, to tie, to tie it back into that, to, to the, the, the weekend and, and so much conversation about how Sammy and Kevin got their start in PWG. I mean, like, yeah, like Zig said, this is like, what, show four? And they're already, and Kevin specifically is already like, so obviously on his way to being a top guy in the eyes of the fans, if he's not already a top guy in the eyes of the fans. Like, it was pretty instantaneous. Um, I can't stop thinking about Sexy Eddie's name now, but he's still <laughs> using it. It's like yeah. an MSN name, or like when you make your hotmail when you're like 12, and then you're stuck with that email address for the rest of your life. Yeah, and you, you've never moved to Gmail, so you are no. Sexy Eddie at you're sexy Eddie hotmail. hotmail.com. Yeah. And the X's are capitalized. Yes, Sorry. yes. Or maybe two R and the middle one isn't. Oh, yeah. That's how you know oh, someone's yeah. really sexy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so after their open exchange, Steen needs a water break. Um, that's actually not that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I thought it was, you know, it I, th- I thought it was a pretty good match. I, I I enjoyed it. I did enjoy it. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it was kind of two. It was two sides of the same coin with the generical one in the sense that it was they they did their comedy and sexy Eddie obviously has his shtick, but they they the action was was sprinkled in enough that it was it was still it was still a really fun match to watch. It's better than I expected. Yeah, and I think that's um, commentary said they have faced each other a good few times um, in CZW and IWS, so I guess that makes sense. I mean, they're friends, but I actually was shocked at how much Kevin gave him. I just wasn't expecting it to be so equal, especially with just how they've been building Kevin as well for like for for Eddie to come in for him to kind of maybe not equal footing, but pretty close to it. Steen definitely brought him in. 100%. Do you think um, Eddie as a name, is maybe the second most popular wrestler name. Because, like, Chris, obviously, number yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, Chris is top, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Is, is Eddie second? There's a lot of Eddies. Good question. There's a lot. Eddie Edwards. Eddie Kingston. Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. So it's like, Chris, Eddie, what's number three? Dragon? El Hijo Del. There isn't that many. Maybe Michael. Mike. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. God, especially like, because the amount of wrestlers who've referenced people like this in their their books, including Moxley, the amount of people who have crossed paths with indie wrestlers that were doing Shawn Michaels tribute acts in the 90s and they were Michael Blank or Blank Michaels. Yeah. Uh, So Michael is probably way up there. Yeah. So it was a pretty back and forth match. Um, I thought the finish was very cool. Eddie has Steen on the top turnbuckle and he goes to hit the Rana, but uh, Steen just moves out of the way and he lands like ass first on the turnbuckle, which looked like it sucked. Yeah. He fell to the the canvas and Steen was putting the boots to him and he sort of folded over his knee. And Steen hit a moonsault on him while his legs were bent backwards. Eddie kicked out of that. And then Steen hit the Steenalyzer for the win. 
in about 15 minutes. So yeah, pretty decent length match. We all, we always love when a wrestler has a, a super finish. Do you know what I mean? Uh, now, I don't think he needed it to beat Sexy Eddie, but I, I do appreciate that it was throughout his career, right up until the point he got signed. He, when he was doing the Steenalizer, that means he was really trying to put you away. He was really struggling. Um, I think this is the first time I'd ever seen it not because he would he he started doing it into the corner towards the end of his indie run. Um, I don't think I'd ever seen it done like this before. It was it was actually more terrifying not going into the corner. To be honest, it was very scary. I think that might give uh, credence to what Emma said. Like I think. It probably was a showcase match to try and get his mate booked again. Yeah. He's a good friend. Terrible tag team partner, but a good friend. <laughs> so after this, um, Excalibur and Super Dragon come to the ring. And Excalibur obviously does the talking for Dragon. They want to know who Super Dragon 2 is. And they call him out and challenge him to guerrilla warfare. Mm. So Dragon's all fired up. He's gone to get his chairs to bring it in. And then Excalibur turns on him, hits him with the chair, hits a tiger driver, and cuts a promo saying he is the mastermind behind Super Dragon 2, that he is the smartest man in wrestling. He is now ascended above Bobby Heenan and Jim Cornette. Uh, don't think they're... Well, he might still use Bobby Heenan today, but I don't think he'd use Cornet, even for heel heat. And then absolutely smashes Dragon with a chair to his noggin. Wait, wait, now. He didn't hit, not the first time he didn't. What? Are you, are you forgetting something? I must be. Before, see, he does, hits him with a classic, just unprotected Dragon chair shot to the head. He misses the first one. And nearly kills a member of the audience with the chair. Did you not see this? No, I missed this. Oh, you must have. So, like, he like he gets the chair after hitting the tiger driver. I, I'm gonna. You're gonna have to go back and watch this because it's incredible. And dragon, uh, dragon does the classic. I'm going to get brained with the chair. Tucks his chin, leans his head in. I'm like, oh my god, he's gonna kill this man with this chair shot. And Excalibur lifts it over his head and swings it and releases it, and completely misses dragon's head and it almost flies into the crowd and hits someone and then he has to go and get it and bring it back in and then he hits him with the proper brutal chair shot i will uh i i, I shall make a gif of this later because it yeah. was very it was very funny in his big dramatic angle where he's turning on his his tag team partner and co-founder that he completely misses I'll, I'll i'll post this later it was great thank you yeah you have to so yeah excalibur has turned on super dragon and Disco is beside himself, despite being in the next match on this show and seeing all this already. But he is, <laughs> he is stunned. He has obviously blocked it out of his head, the trauma, and now he's been reminded of it again. There was one thing I hated about this, and it was that the, the DVD or the stream spoiled the fact that it was going to be Excalibur against Super Dragon in a Guerrilla Warfare yeah. match. And it, yeah. Like I, I knew this was going to happen. I, I've, I've seen the show before, but like watching it for the first time, you'd be a bit like, "What? Okay." And then having to sit through the promo to get to the match, then they, they uh, didn't edit that too well. But I guess like that's that's PWG today, and I guess that's that's always the way they've been. Like they're releasing it that far ahead, they assume you'll. Know what all the matches are. Yeah. 
Yeah. So this match was exactly what you'd expect from these two. Absolutely crazy. Oh, it rocked. And to be honest, I actually think for the first time, Disco and commentary kind of helped, though. Yeah. Being kind of like beside himself, going from like shock, wanting it to end, like unbelieving that like Excalibur could even do this. Because it was like, like so violent. It was, you know, and it's almost like Super Dragon didn't really want to be his violent self either because he was still kind of like, oh my God, like my, my best friend has turned his back on me. Um, He got over yeah. that though. Oh, he, you know, <laughs> oh yeah. After the first five minutes. Like there was an absolutely gnarly curb stomp with a ladder. Oh, yeah. God. All the stuff with Excalibur's head in the ladder was the neck, yeah. Oh my god! And just because it's relevant again, I'm going to go back to Excalibur's Hall of Fame speech, where he talked about how all he wanted to be was the best base that he could be and make the other guy look great. And after hearing him say that, like you could see it in all his performances, and we've said it before, like he will kill himself for you. Um, He's so selfless to to the point to cost him his career. Yeah. He's just absolutely insane. And after he hits Dragon with an Alabama slam into the ladder. Crazy spot. Disco goes, that ladder resembles my heart. heart. <laughs> <laughs> but he wasn't hamming it up. Like, he was believable. Yeah, I, 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 it added to the emotions of the match. Yeah. And I thought Taro was good as well. Like he was asking him, "Well, how do you feel about this? What What are you thinking?" And blah blah blah. Um, I thought that was pretty good. I had written my notes about how good the psychology and the nuances in this match were about their gear. Like, and then two minutes later, Disco says exactly the same thing that their gear, they're wearing gear that's the same. It's black and silver. Like if this was going to be, if Super Dragon knew this was going to happen, he'd be wearing the blue or the green. So like, you know, maybe PWG are finally getting in on <laughs> telling a story. Yeah. Also, how insane was Dragon's wall moonsault? <laughs> Incredible. So cool. It was so good. And that's because that is an old dragon move. Which oh, you, is it? Because I was yeah. like, what? Yeah. But he wouldn't have done that in PWG. So that would be like pre-knee surgery. Okay. Lucha right. Dragon. He used to pull that out and it's fucking class. It was so good to see it. And it was so crisp as well. It was like so mm. good. And it's such a like, I'm giving this to Excalibur. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. I, I can't believe he's... Well, he always blows me away with things like that, like the Phoenix Splash and all that. He's, he's a dark horse. He is. Oh, he's a fascinating wrestler. He is an absolutely fascinating wrestler. There's no denying that. I thought it was very interesting that they, they they wrestled an XPW at one stage. I mean, the timeline makes sense, I guess. I suppose, yeah. Very young. What year? Was that, that, was that like, um, 01? Yeah, possibly, yeah. Okay, that's another, another bonus feature we'll have to get to at some stage. Yeah, I don't think we need to do an XPW podcast. <laughs> what are you talking about? Why not? Why not? Oh, a journey through that island. That'd be a barrel of laughs. <laughs> so Excalibur is getting a hellacious beating. He does kick out of the supernatural driver. 
he's his head is then put on a steel chair and Dragon goes to double stomp it, which Excalibur avoids, throws the chair at Dragon, who ducks that and hits a sick lariat. So good. Uh, then puts his head back on the chair and squishes it with a double stomp. But before he can go get the pin, Super Dragon 2 comes out and attacks him and reveals himself to be Kevin Steen. Which what? you all told me it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Which I appreciate now because I didn't expect that. But uh, Well, yeah. Zig, there was a method to my madness yeah. and that method was I forgot. So... <laughs> So I knew who it was going to be unmasked to be. However, the original dragon we saw was yeah. Joey Ryan. Yeah. Don't you stop going, yeah. Yeah, you just said you <laughs> forgot. <laughs> That's fair enough. I don't have proof of that, but it was Joey Ryan. Like, it was. Yeah, it was, also, it not was to... documented at the time, wasn't yeah. it? Well, well, because as he said on the show, a, a guy was heckling crowd, and calling yeah. him Joey Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was meant to be very smug about that guy too. I think, I think, I because you'd know Steen's body immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this is also not. I think they do more they fake do. dragons. Oh, there's there's, there's a, a fake dragon it. every year. So with that, Steen attacks Dragon and sets Excalibur up to hit a Tiger Driver through a table. Which he does. The table sort of falls a bit under their weight, but it still looks good enough. And Excalibur pins him for the win. Uh, Disco then comes out to check on Dragon. Excalibur asks him to come home with him. And Disco refuses. So we have a bit to, a bit to find out down the road about where allegiances lie. But yeah, I thought that was an interesting twist um and i'm glad to see kevin steen getting the spot instead of joey ryan for sure yes yeah very emotional yeah our beloved sbs in a state of oh i don't know like what like disco now like he's just well he's wrestling in the next match but and <laughs> he's listen still... he's got a new he's got a new body and i mean who needs those other guys who needs them <laughs> let me tell you yeah, he, he bounced back pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, actually, when I was like mid sentence, I was like, wait, actually, hold on a second. <laughs> He's perfectly fine. I know they've had a match already, but I'm looking forward to where this goes with Dragon and Steen because I can only imagine it will be violent as hell. Oh, yes. We'll see what happens there. Next up, the tag team champions, Chris Bosch and Scott Lost, are out bragging about running Frankie out of PWG but uh, assuring him they'll beat his ass again in six months when he WWE release him and he comes crawling back. They didn't know how prescient that was. <laughs> yeah, they weren't that far <laughs> off, were they? Yeah. Um, so they don't have any opponents at the moment, so they, they need someone, but not before spending 13 minutes cutting promos. <laughs> yep. Bosch is releasing a DVD called Lioncock. There's something called the Bosch World Order that the fans have started doing. 
Yeah, I was like, did yeah. they come out with a shirt or music or something? Did they come out with BWO music or something? It, it felt like there was a bit we missed with the, the, the DVD version here. And he had a tennis racket. Yeah, why? Oh, he did. He, he referenced Cornet. Did he say something about Cornet? I can't remember what. I mean, this is a real hodgepodge of, of bits here he was doing. I feel like he saw that lying around at the center and said, you know, it'd be funny, lads. Yeah. <laughs> there was a big Bosch section, which... Yeah. I think really pissed them off. Like, yeah. Bosch, he wants to be hated. He doesn't want yeah. the big fans. And they were so loud and so they kind of took over. So he was really, you could see he was kind of getting frustrated that he was getting cheered and supported. Yeah, because the Bosch World Order thing he reacted badly to and he said something racist. Yes. They don't have opponents, so... Disco Machine comes back out. Uh, they must have had an intermission because he's he's fully in his gear this time. Um, and yeah, he's he's well. First, he warns Excalibur and Steen that he's coming for them. Yeah, but after that, he says he has a friend with him, and he brings out the returning Mister Excitement, whose music didn't work, or I guess they didn't play it because they knew that this section would be on the DVD, and he he was very confused and angry about that. <laughs> You could see him just twitching behind the curtain and everyone <laughs> was just like basically telling him to come out because it, <laughs> it was taking too long. Bosch and Lost refused to face them, but Commissioner SoCal Val came out and made the match official. Or like, again, this is one of those PWG production moments. An, an unidentified woman who they only shot the back of her legs, yeah. which I'm assuming it was just... Couldn't be asked going to get another shot, but it was very, it was very like odd that they just like, and again, like I always like associate SoCal Val, like when she went to TNA, she had like the bright red hair. Mm. It was like they were just shooting this woman from the back in like a sort of a black kind of outfit with brown hair. I was like, who is this woman? The commentators aren't saying who it is. I can't see or hear her. It was just like, I, I assumed it was her. And then I actually don't think she turned around for the duration of the segment and eventually kind of they identified her but I was like oh my god yeah the crowd started chanting her name that's the only yeah. reason I copped it but uh, some very odd camera uh, uh, cameraman uh, uh, antics during that but yeah so she basically said what you because they, they said they didn't want to put the titles on the line wasn't it and she basically mm. said you have to it's a short yeah. version so what do we think of this match uh, I liked uh, Mr. Excitement doing what the commentary referred to as Kobashi chops and then a backdrop driver. Um, so he's been watching his tapes, which is great. Yeah, I mean, it was fine. Yeah. Very fine. The lower end of, of Arrogance's tag matches, yeah. I would say. But not... It wasn't offensive. No. Well, there was some offensive... It's the <laughs> I mean, sorry, yeah, I want to clarify the wrestling, <laughs> the wrestling part. Yeah, I thought it was hurt by being one of those matches that you know the result, so yeah. it's it's hard to get emotionally invested. Um, like I, they did try it; they gave Disco a visual pin off an avalanche choke slam <laughs> um, yeah. when Joey Ryan interfered. But um, yeah, you, you knew it was. Only going one way, so it's hard to care too much. 
especially against like a completely makeshift team. Yeah, and like they don't they don't even push Disco anyway, so it's like you, you, you yeah, but when it's Mister Excitement, they blow the dust off Mister Excitement. That also, I mean, that I, I that also kind of screams we had someone else in mind for this, but we had to swap the card around. A person got pulled or whatever. I maybe I am not giving the men enough credit. I can't believe this is their first choice for for Disco's partner. Maybe it was Nasawa. Uh, yeah, I was thinking maybe, maybe, maybe it was someone who's already on the card, but because Huma got pulled and they had to move Nasawa, or you know, something to that effect. Disco and Nasawa, now that's a team. Disco and Sexy Eddie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that would have been a great team. Yeah, that must happen at some stage. I don't know, but I hope it does. Not in PWG anyway. We are going to have to watch XPW then. Lucha Vavoom or whatever. <laughs> Joy Ryan interferes and just uh, straight up attacks the ref. Yeah, uh, which is which is fine it seems. And he hits Disco with the tennis racket, and himself and Lost hits like a heart attack backbreaker, which. Disco kicks out of, but then Bosch and Lost hit a Northern Lights back, backbreaker and win this one. Mr. Excitement attacks them after the bell and sort of scares them off. After which Bosch and Lost get on the mic and call him uh, Mr. Gay and Mr. Unexcitement. That was the highlight of it for me, really. <laughs> Roasted. Well, I did enjoy how proud they were saying Mr. Unexcitement. Yeah. Because even when Bosch said Mr. Gay, he was disappointed in himself. He said, I couldn't think of anything. So yeah, that was that. Was that. Anyone else have any <laughs> burning opinions on this one? No. Nah. No. So speaking of matches, we would know the outcome of before we start it. <laughs> yes. Let's move on to the next one. Our main event. Oh. With an hour left on the video for some reason. <laughs> What's up with that? What's up with that? <laughs> is a title versus title match, a cross promotional match, would you believe? As AJ Styles puts up his PWG championship against Christopher Daniels, who puts up his TNA X Division championship. And it's winner take all. I did feel like a bit of a dunce because I did boot this up and I thought. I don't remember the X Division title ever changing hands on a PWG show. I don't remember that little historical tidbit. And then I was like, oh, wait, idiot. Of course not. <laughs> when they started doing the, you know, when you've watched enough of them, when they started doing the, we're going 60 minutes psychology yeah. uh, at the beginning of the match, which is, uh, yeah. um, you do the basic thing, you do like a wrist lock or a headlock. And then when the guy gets out of it, you go to your separate corners and you go, <clears throat> All right, here we go. All right, and you shake it all out, or or you you get you do a headlock, and then someone gets out of it, and then they go out of the ring and they talk to the crowd for like two mm-hmm. full minutes, you know. Um, then, yeah. Styles, you also start talking to that person in the crowd for some reason. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was clear as day within about without three minutes where this was uh, where this was going. And it was fucking shit. It was terrible. Wow. I'm not going to say it was good, but I, <laughs> I'm surprised that 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 condemnation. I mean, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was terrible. Pretty dry. They didn't do. They didn't do, they didn't anything. do anything. They didn't do anything. It was like, just a load of moves. 
It was. That's exactly it. It was just loads, loads of moves. Johnny Fairplay was there for some reason. The most 1005 name. Then they start doing the rock, paper, scissors. And then the jumping jacks. Like, playing games. Like, I'd expect that sort of shit in, like, the opener. And not this big title versus title. AJ yeah. versus Daniels. Like, I think that was the thing. I was just so disappointed in them. Because it was just the most nothing match I'd ever seen. And I had seen this show before. And I when I saw that match come up, I was like, I'm dreading watching this again. Mm. It, like... It made me so upset to watch the fact that those two names did that. Imagine and then imagine sitting there having to watch that. Yeah. Imagine us there. We we would be so uh, angry. I'm not sure I would have made it to the hours, to be perfectly honest. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm I, season off the cook. The same the same calendar year where they had like some of the best matches of their respective careers, you know, the same year as the three way. They had the I think they had the thirty minute match. Yeah, the Iron Man. Well. God, that match is so good. I mean, that's probably my favorite Daniels match ever. Yeah, you know what it is? And it's funny because I remember thinking, I, I was watching this and it was, it was going so long. It was so obvious it was going to go the, the hour. And I was kind of thinking to myself, I was like, why would you put yourself in this spot and do the title of the title when you know you can't? Yeah. But, I, yeah. but then I was thinking about it. And here we've talked on this show before about, you know, when it comes to like punk and hero and how the style du jour was at the time was the long epic with the the chain wrestling early on and that was the prestige match of the time and so the more i was thinking about it and this is a guess i don't know but i think the draw was the point i think the 60 minutes was the point and they mm. just thought well we, we might as well call it title for title since we're not gonna i think they i think the goal of this match was to go 60 minutes i don't think they had to do it because they booked themselves in a corner i think Maybe and maybe it wasn't. Maybe they thought they could do a, a TNA title switch, and then TNA said no last second or something like that. But I, I got the impression that because it was early two thousands and that's just what people did. I thought I think they wanted the word of mouth of saying we had these two guys go an hour. Aren't we? Aren't we? You know, please word of mouth. Please tell everyone about this match. You know, but they didn't like they didn't go for the hour. You yeah. know, yeah, it was it was like what maybe like twenty minutes of action. Yeah, and there was absolutely no story to the match. No. There was no working anything over. There was no real submissions. And like even the finish was terrible. Dog shit. Terrible. Like the finish is just that like you can actually see them waiting around for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um they get the minute call and they're like, Oh shit, we're not we're there, we're ready to do it now. Um, but they had to stall for like fifty five seconds. And yeah. then AJ tries to get him into uh, the Styles Clash and falls over at the final second. And yeah, it was, it was just so lazy. I mean, yeah. I don't know how you could say someone has a lazy hour-long match, but they did. Yeah. That's what I don't understand. Even a tenth more effort would have made it that bit better. It was the fact that they didn't even try to make it interesting for anyone. And then the fans... The fans at the end <laughs> clapping and cheering for it. Chanting thank you. Yeah, that thank was great. You. Thank you for what? I do wonder though, like like Barry said, that seen as a prestige thing, would they want to be like we saw an hour long Daniels yeah, and yeah. match? And do they feel that that's how they should react to it? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um 
Look, you'd 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 forever be be able to tell people on on your message board of choice that well, I was there for an AJ Daniels hour long match. Oh, really? Which one is it? Can I watch? No, don't, you don't. Have to, I wouldn't watch it, but I was there for one. Don't don't worry about it. One doesn't matter. Who has a free hour? Come on. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was kind of like, you know, even like the great hour long matches, you know, they'll do a little bit of that stalling, like super simple chain wrestling and going out of the ring. But like, I I think the, the idea of that is to pace yourself to then do your more traditional match in the back end. This to me, again, talk about how the hour was the point. It was so low energy that it almost feels to me that PWG come to them and say, we want you to do an hour match. And they were like, Ugh an hour like i guess we could technically go an hour but we're not doing you know oh i think that's not... i think that's definitely what it was yeah. i don't think it was their idea i think no it was no no his idea yeah yeah i don't you know and 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 in a way you kind of have to respect it like they're like well, okay we're, we're not going to go out there and do you know brock angle and kill each other and do a bunch of near well it wasn't an iron man i suppose but you know we're not going to kill each other um for an hour um yeah because another interesting thing about this is as i mentioned the tna shows on sunday of that weekend and AJ Styles is winning the NWA title off Jeff Jarrett. Mm. So, like, that's his big match. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, not that he's going to fucking slum it or anything, but, you know, you tell me to go an hour or two days before yeah. the biggest match of my career at that time. Uh, I don't know about that, pal. Yeah, I'm not doing the I'm not doing the the Fosby flop into your into the first row of chairs when I have my crowning moment two days later, you know. Which I, I think is another reason that he couldn't lose, and then, like, what what was the point then if if Daniels also can't lose? Yeah, and like Daniels can't lose because AJ can't go into Sunday as X Division champion. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's it, yeah, it's daft, um, and I'm sure that was signposted because I'd say Daniels had a match booked for the Sunday. Like I'm sure he was X Division champ, so yeah, I'm sure he was facing someone. Being too clever for their own good, I think. I think so, yeah. Yeah, and and yeah, just, again, just being able to say it and hoping that you... Look, I mean, those the people there seem to, like, like we're saying, appreciate the novelty of getting to see it. So I guess the hope, in, in simpler times when not every single promotion on the face of the earth had a VOD stream and were competing for the same tiny crumbs, you know, they probably did get a bit of word about this. Is the, I mean, 05, this is a period of massive growth for them. So even though the match we're sitting here and talking about it wasn't much better, I'm sure they probably did get a little bit of buzz of saying, look, you know, um, AJ and Daniels went an hour and I was there and I loved it. And, the you know, you'd have to wait a month or two months for the DVD to come out anyway and see it for yourself. So, I, you know, maybe, I mean, look, <laughs> I'd love to get look at their ledgers from 2005, but I wouldn't be, uh, I wouldn't be stunned if this probably was a little bit of a positive for them in the in the word of mouth stakes. How do we feel when Christopher Daniels threatened us with another five minutes? Yeah, even though the crowd were thanking them for the match, they weren't doing the five more minutes chant. They weren't doing that. So that's telling, I think. That pissed me off even more. Don't threaten me with a mm. bad time. <laughs> I liked how then um, AJ started making a speech after and they just cut off. <laughs> yeah. for you. He, he vowed to keep his title which he had done he vowed to beat AJ or beat Jarrett and then he started talking about more belts and more and it just cut off I guess they had a tight three hour runtime on their disc probably yeah probably 
got some great promos we have to fit on here, AJ. Come on, get out of the ring. I mean, it's far from the first time the show was just cut out, so... Yeah, Did, didn't we almost miss a finish once? There was like, there's been a couple. Actually, there's been a couple of three counts that were just about yeah. under the under the fade to black. Yeah, um. which this one was. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was our show. Um, I would say, sort of stopping the hot streak of shows we've been on. Yeah. Um, only real standout was the guerrilla warfare. Yeah, nothing else worth going out your way to see. I would say. Yeah, yeah, like the uh, um, definitely the worst one we've watched in a while since I think we all kind of agreed we're in the good stretch of of shows now. But I still think other than the main event, which was kind of just over ambitious, it's like oh, everything else was like fine. Do you know what I mean? It was like even the even the stuff that wasn't super noteworthy. It was like yeah, it was like decent, and there was a couple of matches that were really good. So uh, maybe the worst we've watched on this stretch but i think it speaks to how high the bar has gotten that it wasn't like a disaster of a show yeah um okay but before we move on from this show and never speak of it again we have the promos so our first promo is el generico human tornado and soraya Emma, would you like to take us through this one? I don't remember anything they said. There, there wasn't much to us. No. I know there was Sunny Delight involved. Yes. And um, I just loved Generica's acting again of being bashful and intimidated by Soraya's uh, Mensa brain. Yeah, so they claim they had a perfect match against each other and now they're good friends and they're going to go party. That was pretty much it. And the only professional in the room, Soraya, was like, uh, they were they were all like gurning into the camera, like, yeah, let's go party. And then she was like waving at the camera, she's like, are we, are we going to sign up? Are we going to sign up? And they were just like, they didn't have a formal <laughs> sign up. So she was like, she's holding this thing together. She's too polished for these people. <laughs> too polished for BWG. Um, our next segment is a little skit as Dino comes into the locker room to stop one of the Ballards who is playing the Halloween team instead of the Friday the 13th team, which is a funny little nod. Can't say I know what the Friday the 13th team is anyway. What, the Ballard was? Oh, no. No, he was playing Halloween, no. which is like iconic. But they don't. I don't think it doesn't have as as famous a theme. But Friday, it's like the. That's, the, that's Friday the Thirteenth. That was good. What are you talking about? You that about? was good. Thank you. But you can't, it's hard to do that at a piano, though. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, Dino did that the horror pratfall thing as well, where he ran into frame and then immediately tripped on like a bin and fell to the ground, which was which is good stuff. And the best thing was when was Disco walking by, not knowing why they're filming, and just looks directly into the camera, so confused. Oh, God. Just too forlorn to keep up with what's going on, you know? Just had a hard time with So my favourite promo of the lockdown was the next one. Sexy Eddie with the PWG debut promo bingo cards. 
Um, <laughs> Sarah, do you want to take us through this? So, yeah, it was just basically like, yep, yeah, I've made my debut, but next time I come back, I'm going to rock out with my cock out, going to get the girls, have some sex. The Triple X Express is going to make his way back. Um, Yeah, just he'll be back at PWG very soon for wrestling and sex, is essentially. And a BJ. And a BJ, of course. <laughs> what was it? Oh, his future is going up and his cock is going up. Nice. And readers, he was never seen again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I think he was. I, no, I checked. Oh, he was wow. never back. The only thing he was, the only thing he was missing was, this won't be the last you've seen of this cock or whatever he would have said, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, Steen tried, God bless him, but it wasn't enough. I'm kind of surprised at that. It was, it was all right, like, you know. Yeah, I, I thought he'd have had... Somewhere along the way, just ended up on the shows. Yeah. Do you think they're intimidated by his sexiness? Yeah. Yeah, Disco might have liked him encroaching on his territory. Yeah, that's what I felt. At the start, I was like, maybe he might actually be friends with them. But no, I don't think so. I don't think he would have liked that. What, do, what, what does Mr. Excitement have over these people who own this company that he got brought back? But, uh, but Our Lady didn't. Um... Well, we find out a little bit more about Mr. Excitement and Disco's relationship in the next promo, um, as Disco reveals that he was his first ever tag partner. So I guess it's just loyalty. That's a you know, it's a nice little bit of, a bit of lore. He also Dis- Disco also says Scott Bosch and Chris Lost in this promo, which I greatly enjoyed. <laughs> yeah, that's my gets, favorite thing. Gets very flustered. Goes, yeah, I said it. As it was like <laughs> the greatest insults. I went there. Good stuff. Um, so yeah, Disco just says they want another title shot and team retirement, they seem to be called. We'll be yeah. back again. Um, I assume they will be. I don't know. I, I will be stunned if this is not the last excitement match we get. But I feel like it actually probably won't be. Yeah, I, d- I don't know. Um, something to get excited about. <laughs> hey! So our final promo is Excalibur and Kevin Steen. Um, Excalibur is massaging Steen's shoulders as he cuts this promo. Um, Barry, do you want to take us through this one? Uh, just Excalibur touches on, you know, we founded this together, but, you know, it's all about Dragon and Dragon's getting all the title shots and things like that. Um, and so he brought in Steen. This is also uh, our... our I'm looking at the list here. Yeah, this was the worst defender. This was our our once a show like shot in the complete pitch black promo where you can only for the fact that they're wearing ridiculous wrestling outfits can you make out that it's it's two wrestlers sitting there cutting this promo. Um I didn't take too many notes of what Steen said. Basically just said he's gonna kill Dragon and he spat on the mask and threw it down at the end of the promo. So um the 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 other big uh, sort of uh the hook, the cliffhanger for the next show was basically they said they're forming the new SBS um, and that they have extended the invite to Disco. So your cliffhanger is, will Disco join the new SBS or will he, he be Dragon's last remaining friend? And I suppose we'll have to wait and see uh, what he decides. Yeah, nice, nice to end the show on a cliffhanger. That's Yeah. Yeah, that's a new one for us. 
I mean, they did they did a decent angle for for a change, and and actually then did a tease. So we're we're really making waves. There was another little classic PWG uh, interview moment that happens a lot, where you can hear the crowd chanting for whatever match is going on at that moment. Yes, so there was a big loud fallen angel chant. <laughs> yeah, I'm just thinking how great it would have been if one of the earlier shows ended on a cliffhanger where it was like. Uh, AJ Styles, we want you to join the first family. You get back to us next month and we'll 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 you know we'll recruit you. That would have been great. Chicken head Trish, will you come back to our <laughs> <Lion> with us? <laughs> oh, Chicken Head Trish is like, great to finally make my PWG debut. This isn't the last you've seen of me. There has been cliffhangers. We're still waiting for Steve Carino. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's true. Um, so yeah, that that wraps up. Jason takes PWG. I think you'd want to give it back. <laughs> hey. Um, no, but seriously. <laughs> um. So yeah, we'll put that in the rear view and move on to our world famous segment, Curious Gorilla. Okay, so our first question, Curious Gorilla this month, comes from Austin. Austin says, who is the king of making thrown together tag teams work in PWG? And I will throw over to Sarah first for that one. Yeah, I've been thinking about this today. I don't know if it's necessarily like thrown together tag teams, but Roderick Strong's been in a fair few in his time in PWG. Dojo Bros, he filled in for in the Hybrid Dolphins. You know he's part of Mount Rushmore. He tag teamed with Pack with Davy. Like he's been in a fair few in his time in PWG and has actually been very successful. So I'm gonna give it to Roddy. Yeah, I think he's won TGT four with like loads of different people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, his resume is absolutely stacked. Uh, what say you, Emma? I'd say generico. Um, more for entertainment, I think. Yeah. His uh, tag teams, even if they're just like once off, they like they're always entertaining. Yeah, that was my answer. As and well. they've had really good names. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Zig? Um. I think then I will go the opposite way and pick Steen. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's also had some good ones as well, like with Tozawa and all that, and he was in Mount Rushmore as well, and obviously yeah. Generico. So yeah, I'll go with El Kev. God, they've had a lot of throwing together tag teams. They've got like multiple MVPs in that in that genre. Um, yeah. I feel like their cards are just in disarray so often. That... But yeah, yeah. And it's just, I mean, we've seen it so many times in, in, in the limited amount of shows we've covered, but just all the way up until today, probably, it, it's just always people getting pulled at the last second. I mean, that's the nature of indie wrestling. So, yeah, lots of thrown together teams. Uh, thank you very much, Austin, for that question. Next question comes from Creative Control on Twitter. Uh, they ask, I've been going through my small collection of DVDs lately, and I'd like to know uh, one wrestler in your PWG fandom who is an MVP for you. And who is someone that is the opposite? I.e., you groan whenever they show up. Can we apply a, a hard mode to this question and say this? You can't say dragon. 
yeah. <laughs> and make it slightly tougher. Yeah. Um, what about you, Zig? I'll start with you this time. I mean, I was going to say this anyway, not just because you banned Dragon, but I will say, <laughs> I will say Excalibur. Um, really? Okay. Yeah, like because not just as a wrestler. Do you know what I mean? He's he is the commentator for the rest of his existence. Um, and I think it, it doesn't have the same charm without him. I totally agree. Yeah, totally agree. Do you know? So I think he is the second most important man in that company. So yeah, I will go with Excalibur. Okay. Uh, Emma? <laughs> How to give an answer that isn't Super Dragon? I don't know if I can do that. Um. <laughs> well, that I, was my that was my caveat. You know, uh, creative control did not ask that. So, if you want to say Dragon, I mean, I'm, I'm. I mean, I have to say Dragon. You have to say Dragon. He's the, the reason I get up every morning and <laughs> the reason I fall asleep at night. Um. You have his face on your shorts, you know. Yeah, I wish. Someone buy me those shorts. I would say they would fetch a very pretty penny on WWE. Does those auctions? What they they sell they sell gear for charity? What they so if, if people want to buy Emma <laughs> Kevin Owens WrestleMania Super Dragon shorts, uh, let us know. Uh, Sarah, your MVP. Because it's framed as like my MVP. Oh yeah, personal. Yeah, personal. I'm gonna pick Chuck Taylor. Because I think, like, he started out and he was in, like, the openers. He never really made it very far in bolas. Then he kind of, he's the one who kind of kept me interested in PWG in those, when I say later years, I'm talking about 2016, 2017, 2018, and finally getting his run at the top. So, yeah, I'd say Chuck, always entertaining, no matter his place on the card. Good stuff. And I, for a kind of similar reason, I'd say Steen. Uh, I'm enjoying him here in his, in his, uh, you know, early efforts. And I loved him in the tag teams and the singles runs and heel, babyface. And it kind of, as Zig was saying about Excalibur, like his commentary stuff as well. Uh, later on in the promotion, just great stuff. Yeah, he's, he's my favorite. He was always a highlight back in the, back in the absolute peak of my, my monthly DVD buying. It was, he was always the highlight. I mean, he really was. I was, if ever there was a show he wasn't on, that was a, a bummer. Um. Thank you very much for that question. Up next, our old pal Snowboy chimed in with a question here. This is a good one. If you were to book an ROH versus PWG Cage of Death in the mid-2000s, who would you put on each team? It's a great question. We all like to sit around and think about early 2000s Cage of Deaths. Um, will we do, will we do a team as a collective here? As a yeah. street, This is one of the uh, a, a podcast teams. Um, we do. We do PWG first. Dragon, yeah. Dragons one. Super Dragon one, of course. Yeah. Um, Steen. Steen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Excalibur, because he'll take all the wild bumps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Would you put Bosch and Lost in there, or am I thinking too much? I mean, yeah, you could. I mean, and I feel like that would also give you the uh, the old uh, can we trust them to fight for PWG's honor, but they're such dickheads, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was a lot of, you know, there was uneasy bedfellows in the old ROH CZW thing where it was kind of like, you know, people who wouldn't necessarily team together. 
mm-hmm. fighting for for their brands. That's a, I think that's a that's a good team. So what's a uh, Dragon Excalibur, Steen, and Arrogance? Are we happy with yeah. that? Is there any obvious omissions? I mean, we want to get Frankie in there as as the mascot, maybe? No. (laughs) Alrighty. uh, Team Ring of Honor. Let's let's plonk this show right in 2005, just for the ease of of argument. So, surely the American Dragon is in there. I, I think Punk has to be in there. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I suppose, yeah, 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 that makes sense. Yeah, 2005. I think we have to put Joe in because I think that would make it very interesting. Yeah, you know, with his, he's a Ring of Honor guy, but like, I'll be looking at him going. Yeah, he made a few appearances. Then the Briscoes. Yeah. Yeah, that was easy. Yeah. Got to have a nice tag team in these. Things, yeah, you know? yeah. Tag team just add something to it. I was gonna say you could put like Nigel and Roddy in there if you just want to go for the more. But yeah, the Briscoes. I mean, yeah, especially if you've got arrogance in there. Having the Briscoes and arrogance in there. Yeah. Uh, Wouldn't yeah. it be great just seeing them beating the shit out of arrogance? Yeah. Oh, that's a great match. I think we've done well there. Now that's very good. That'll be a very good match. I'm gonna, just, I'm gonna stick that in Fire Pro after this show. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> um. Yeah, so there you go. Thank you very much, Snowboy. Uh, there's the greatest match that will never happen, unfortunately. Um, uh, the uh, mythical fantasy booking uh, cage of death there. Thank you very much, Snowboy, for the question. Uh, the last question here comes from uh, Wow So Bill on Twitter. Wow So Bill. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, which PWG roster member do you suspect to be the best cook? It's a very good question. That's um, an excellent question. It's an excellent question. For this one, start with Emma. Disco machine. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay. okay. One, he just has great taste. Mm. Two, at this time, is newly separated. So... <laughs> <laughs> So he's having to cook for himself. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he was going to have to cook for dates. I'm so sorry. That's so mean of me. But this... um, yeah, I just think, and I think he'd get creative because he is a very creative, creative mind, yes. creative soul. So, um, and I just, you know, I'd love for him to cook for me. I'm just imagining him there just kind of after the, the devastating break of of SPS, just making some real soul food for himself in the in the in the apartment, you know, making two portions by by mistake and crying. <laughs> oh no! Oh, here you go, Excal. Oh no! And he'd know which like beers to pair it with and everything. Ooh, very good. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, what about you, Sarah? Right. Have to follow the the expert. Um, <laughs> It's a great question, actually. I don't. It's hard to know because I would think that none of them are actually very good, really. Yeah. I would think that they all have very poor life skills, to be quite honest. Um, maybe Christopher Daniels, just because he's you know he's a dad, he's that bit older, you know, like he goes and goes and wrestles on the weekends and mm. does his TNA on the Wednesdays, but. All those other days, he's a dad, and he's looking after his family. So I would say Daniels. I am going to say Samoa Joe, 
Oh, that's what I was going to uh, say. Yeah, I think we're, we're unified on that one. Um, you know, this might be, I, I just, you know, I, I equate ability to cook with coolness. Like if you're a cool guy and he's an extremely cool guy, I mean, I, I, I would anticipate that you'd be able to just really, um, you know, whip up a storm in the kitchen. So yeah, I'm thinking, I'm thinking Joe. Zig, and so Zig, you're on Joe as well. Yeah. And I, I just feel like, I don't know. I feel like all the Samoan boys are taught how to cook. I don't yeah. know if that's true or not. I just feel like they all know how to cook. He'd be great at a barbecue. Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. And he just has that sort of confidence of someone who knows what he's doing. Do you know, like, as as a cook, and he'd, he'd know your drinks as well. I'd say he makes unreal cocktails. Yeah. Mm. I'd be, oh, yeah. if I was at a barbecue, I'd be anxious as fuck if Joe was, like, looking at me, flip the burger, like, oh, I'm, I'm doing this wrong. Joe is looking at me going, this, this fucking idiot. This guy. This guy couldn't fucking boil water. And then he'd really, he'd really fucking embarrass me. Just take the spatula off me. Like, let me, let me do that. You know, just like, yeah. And I just, I'd be embarrassed, but then he'd fucking make amazing burgers. So I'd be happy. You know? Yeah. Um, thank you very much for that question. And thank you for all the questions. I just have one more thing to add. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> that I think Disco Machine would have a kiss the chef apron. <laughs> <laughs> Mid matching hat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I think that's fair. I think that's a fair assumption. Uh, and with that, we'll um, wrap up Curious Gorilla. We did. We we forgot one thing. We didn't say who our least MVP is. Oh God. Um, Ballard Brothers. Yeah, Francois Kazarian. Oh, Frank. I mean, it kind of looped around to being ironic enjoyment towards the end, but like, I I have to be real. <laughs> Super bad. Oh man, yeah. What? No, you're right. I'm agreeing with you. No, you're you're dead right. Emma but... looked really upset. Sorry for the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> looked at me as if I said super dragon. <laughs> no, I just thought you liked super bad and his t-shirts. Yeah, I like his t-shirts. At the end of the day, you can hard. look at an image of the t-shirt on, on on the internet and get the same effect. You don't have to watch the match. Zig. I think I think mine is Adam Pearce. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. We've we've re- we've none of us have missed him. None of us have no, missed him. No. We've really put the boots to early PWG uh, uh, with that with that round of answers, but deserved to be honest. You know, yeah. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, we will miss them when we have nothing to talk about. I was just say, do you not miss Van? I'd miss Vanderpile. Yeah, I do. I do. I miss him. So he always had he always had something on every show to talk about, and he was a great promo. I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. Here he goes, pretending he misses Vanderbilt, even though he obviously doesn't. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I miss him, Sarah. Oh, absolutely, I do. Yeah, yeah. I I miss the fucking tag belts. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. That's Curious Gorilla. Thank you, everyone, for the questions, as always. Thanks, everybody, for that. And we will catch you next time for Guitar Mageddon. I think is one of the most iconic names as well. It's one that I recognize instantly as a PWG name. Yeah, it's a good one. So we will see you then. But in the meantime, if you want to send us any more questions for Curious Gorilla, um, our Twitter is at Gorilla Island. Our email is gorillaisland at gmail.com, which I've only just realized now. I never checked. So if there's a question there, you'll have to sit tight. Oh, God. There might be like reams and reams of fan mail. Because <laughs> there always is. Yeah. Um, 
if you want to follow us individually, um, my Twitter is at Zig on the Rocks. Emma's is? It's at O underscore Emma G. <laughs> Sarah's is? At Sarah Flan. And Barry's is? At the Barry Lad. So we will catch you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.